Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. I have a, uh, I gotta say, it's, it's nearly a word that I, that I don't, that I didn't want to preach. Um, um, and it's entitled, How Much Longer Do I Have to Wait? How much longer do I have to wait? Have you ever said that? How much longer do I have to wait? So I'm going to give you a few things to write down. Um, not that they're necessarily revelatory, but things that will help you as you try to answer this question in your life about that thing. That thing that you're waiting for that doesn't seem to be coming as quickly as you would like. Um, and the reoccurring refrain that the Lord would have me tell you is this. Life is not easy. Life is hard. I know I'm not going to get shouted down, but you've asked me to, into your life to speak the truth to you, not to throw out ding-dongs, ho-hos, and candy canes, but to tell you what you need to know in order to have a successful Christian life, which is not a successful life. Successful life has different standards. We see the world and we act in a culture of Christianity. This is our lives. So what we experience is different than what the world experiences. We see with a different lens. Um, we have different priorities and we have different definitions, specifically and especially of what we call success. Right? Okay. So life's not easy, life is hard. So I have a little scenario for you here. It didn't take me long to put it together because we've all lived something like this. You pray, but then you don't get hired at your dream job. You have to take the mediocre job. Your boss is constantly on your case, and then you lose your job, and your marriage begins to fall apart. Your dog dies. The bills start to pile up. The price of gas doubles. Your best friend stabs you in the back. Then you get sick. Going to the hospital, you have surgery, and your marriage gets even worse. You want to have children, but you don't seem to be able to get pregnant. Everyone everyone around, around you is getting pregnant. Your car needs tires, needs brakes, needs an exhaust system. But you finally get pregnant, and then you have a miscarriage. Christmas is coming, so you're going to have to travel and stay at the in-laws for a week. Bills are piling up, and Christmas bills are about to hit. Your marriage is getting worse. You have a child, finally, but they're developmentally delayed. Now you have to find a new job, and it's in a new city, and you have to be there in two weeks. So you rent a U-Haul. And no one comes to help you load up. You borrow money for gas knowing that you can't repay it. And your marriage gets worse. You find a small apartment to rent. It's in a shady neighborhood. But you start your new job, your dream job, to find out it wasn't what they promised. Now your child needs expensive therapy. 
and they look at you one day and say they hate you. Inflation hits harder and your grocery bill goes up 40%. Your spouse threatens to leave you. No one in your new job likes you because you're a Christian. You're driving to work one day, your car dies on the side of the road, you have to get it towed. You get home to find a note that your spouse has finally left you. Your child needs new clothes, they have to go to the dentist, they have physical therapy, and then the roof on your apartment begins to leak. And the landlord won't return your call. So you miss two days of work because of your car issues and your child's doctor's appointment, so you get fired. Then you have to move in with your parents. And three weeks later, your child dies. There's a lot there. There was nothing in there about not praying or not being a Christian. Those things happen to Christian people. There's nothing in that list about you having a perpetual sin causing the hand of God to be lifted from your life. That's just 37, I counted them, 37 really hard things. Life is not easy. So I'm in your life, hopefully, on some level, and, and, and my responsibility is to remind you of the goodness of God, of the power of God, the holiness of God, the salvation of God. The church is in your life to facilitate your priesthood, your worship to God, your opportunity to worship, to learn about God, to love others. That's all awesome. But to be true to my calling, true to Jesus, true to the word, I've got to tell you this. There is absolutely nothing in the word of God that says when you give your life to Jesus that your life is going to be easy. In fact, life is not easy. It's hard. But this is where you need to be in this place when those hard times hit you. See, when life is good, oh man, it's easy to praise God. It's easy to worship. In fact, you want to go to church, have everybody ask you how your day's going, so you go, it's awesome, let me tell you what God did for me last week. Poo, 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 poo. You think, I don't want to go to my, my, my life really sucky right now. And, you know, the wheels have fallen off my life and my marriage and my home and my family and my job and my apartment. And, and if I go there, people are going to ask me. And this is where you need to be. God did not promise you easy. This is what he said. Matthew 16, 33. I've told you these things so that you can have peace. In this world, you will have T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Look what just walked through that door. <laughs> the word trouble there means tribulation, affliction, anguish, burdened, persecution, and trouble. We sang a song, and, and I believe uh, Keith mentioned David this morning. Uh, he was a prophet, a priest, a king. He was a type of Christ, actually. He's also a psalmist, and he wrote this, or rather he didn't write, he, I'm, let me tell you a little bit about his life first. King Saul tried to kill him. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, and she became pregnant. That child dies. But David murders the soldier, Uriah. Then David's son, Amnon, and his daughter, Tamar, 
Amnon sees Tamar and he rapes her. David's other son, Absalom, sees that, has rage in his heart, kills his own brother. This is David's life. You sure you want to be like David? I mean, all David really wants to do, be a king and build a temple for the Lord. But his own son, Absalom, tries to usurp the, the, the temple, the authority from him. And then when David gets down and direct with the Lord, I'm going to build the temple, the Lord says, no. Then he writes Psalm 13, verse 1 through 4. How much longer will you forget me, Lord, forever? <laughs> That's King David saying this. How much longer will you hide yourself from me? How long must I endure trouble? How long will sorrow fill my heart day and night? How long will my enemies triumph over me? Look at me! Look at me, Lord! Answer me! Anybody ever pray a prayer like that? Restore my strength. I don't want to die. Let my, don't let my enemies see. We've been, he, say we've defeated him. Don't let them gloat over my downfall. What he's saying is this, life's not easy. And he wasn't afraid to tell the Lord he was having a really bad day. You came for a word this morning, right? Here's your word. Stop waiting for easy. You know, once I get that job and once I get that bill paid off and once I get that car and once we have that kid and once I get married and once I have that dream house and then once and then once and you wish your life away and you say, oh man, when it, then it'll be easy. No, it won't. Suck it up, buttercup. You will waste your life waiting for easy. Life's not easy. Life is hard. Stop waiting for easy. Tired of people. Uh, well, you know, then it'll be, well, you've got it. You, we, you, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You have to learn. Well, Helen Keller did. You know Helen Keller? Blind, couldn't talk. She said this. You could never learn to be brave or patient if all you had was joy in the world. You could never be brave. You could never be patient if everything went your way. So here's what you have to learn. How do you get through tough times? That's the question. That's the question of the morning. How do you get through tough times? Learn patience. That's your answer. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Patience. It's important. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom. Psalm 37.7, be still therefore the Lord and wait patiently Wait patiently for him. Don't fret. Don't fret when everybody around you, their stuff's going good. Because you look across the street and you see that guy on 
And, and he's got it all together. He's got that new car. He's got that riding mower. And he got all that stuff. Yeah, and he's up to debt in his eyeballs. And they're married. He's got the same 37 things going on in his life. Hebrews 6.15, and so waiting patiently, Abraham finally received what was promised. Patience. We're told to have patience. But you know, in my world, in, in the way that I was raised, that would often be understood as a resolution that, you know, life's not gonna get better because if not, things aren't going well, then you're gonna, you're gonna make it happen, Captain. Right? We're going to force the hand here. We're going to get it done. We're going to rush ahead. We're going to get it done. And people that are patient seem, why are you sitting around doing this? Seems like, no, no, no. You need to get up and do something even if it's wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait. Just wait. Patience is not passive. I said patience is not passive, and I'm going to tell you why. You're going to write down Hebrews 12.1, because this is what it says. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed round about by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run, listen, run with patience. Run. What is that? If I was being patient, I'd sit down and take a nap. <laughs> if I'm really being patient... I'm going to go downstairs, watch some TV, and put the recliner up, right? No, you're going to run. Doesn't that seem incongruent in your mind? Doesn't it seem juxtaposed? Doesn't it seem antithetical? Doesn't it seem like those words don't go together? But you're called to run with patience. In the NIV, it says, therefore, let us, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The word there means actually waiting with perseverance. Waiting with perseverance. Patience is active. It's powerful. Patience is powerful? Uh-huh. Patience. If you are a patient person, you're a powerful person. Because you can hold off gratification. You don't have to get it done right now. You can wait for the Lord's timing because you can do the right thing in the wrong timing. I said you can do the right thing on the wrong day. Here's what it says. This is why patience is powerful. Proverbs 25, 15. Through, uh, Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. You can persuade a ruler by being patient. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna sit here at the gate every day. I'm gonna run with perseverance. People with patience wield a lot of power, more than you would think at first glance. Hannah and Ryan have chickens. I don't know why. But this is what I've learned. You get chickens by hatching the egg, not by cooking it. What does it take? Patience. In our culture, and by that I mean the Christian culture, we're supposed to play the long game. Because we're in this for how long? Say eternity. Sound really smart. Eternity. One moment of patience can ward off a great disaster and one moment of impatience can ruin your entire life. 
My wife uh, has a therapy dog. Not that she needs therapy. But she has a therapy dog that she goes and let other people feel good with the dog, right? So it's all certified and all, it's okay. Um, she's offering to bring her dog, but, but she has a therapy dog. And so, but it, t- it takes a lot to get a dog trained like that, that, you know, that they're well behaved. And, and it starts with something as simple as this, you know, you, you say sit. And you know they, they know they, you know that they know the word sit because they've done it before, but they're looking at you like, hmm. I don't think so. Our inclination is to do what? Sit. I told you, sit down. I'm not going to tell you again, parents. The trainer says, don't say it again. Do not say it again. They know what they heard. You just lock eyes with that dog and you stand there. She goes, I've stood there for 30 minutes just waiting for that dog to sit. Then they finally do the old. God's waiting for some of you to sit. He's not going to yell at you. He's not yelling at you. He told you. He told you what to do. Sit down. Relax. Be patient. Run with perseverance. Waiting patiently on the Lord. Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently on him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Having patience towards God is really going to help you in your life with Jesus. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and then you know what happened? He turned to me and heard my cry. I yelled at him. I screamed. I declared and decreed. And he finally answered me. No, he wants you to sit down. And he's just looking at you. Be patient. Do you not think I can do it? So you want to kick me off the throne and you want to go sit on the throne? God asked you that? You're just going to kick me right off the throne? Here. Here, run the world. Give it a shot. And we do, don't we? You make a mess. Uh, Pastor. Our forefathers and mothers, we have a lot to be thankful for their example. They didn't understand everything that was happening to them at the time. We have the, we have the benefit of looking back in retrospect and saying, oh, yeah, of course. Of course they could wait. Don't you see how it turned out for them? Right? Because we're Monday morning quarterback in the whole thing. We've already read the end of the book. We know how the story turns out. But imagine you were Job. He said, hey, to his three friends that thought they were helping, shut, zip it. Mm, I'm going to worship the Lord. God left you. God forsake you. He doesn't care. Abraham, 100 years old when he finally had that kid. 100. 100 years old. Uh, Was it last week? Week before last, I talked to you about Anna in the temple. I was reminded of Anna every day. She went to the temple waiting waiting for Jesus to show up in the temple. And then Joseph. I mean, there's a guy that went through the prison. 
in the pit. Finally got to the palace. Then he went back to the prison. <laughs> what, Lord, I thought you had me right where you wanted me. Now I'm back in this hole again. But what was Joseph? Faithful. He wasn't, hey man, bake me a cake with a file in it. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing, right? Somebody blow me out of this place. He was just there. This waiting patiently, I got to tell you, it's not a grin and bear it kind of thing. <clears throat> Patience is a fruit. Galatians 5. It's not a grin and bear it. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen an apple tree go, when it wants to produce apples, go, yeah, apples. <laughs> Boof, there they all are, apples. Right? We don't produce fruit by striving. Patience is a fruit. has to be cultivated. If I said, hey, Chris, go get me an apple. Get me an apple. Sure, sure. And he'd run to the store and he'd get me an apple. That was quick. But what if I said, hey, Chris, and I handed him an apple seed. Yeah. <laughs> Say, hey, Chris, get me an apple. The Lord says to you, hey, start a ministry for me. I'll just run to the store and print off a business card. I'll start next week. Just relax. Uh, go get married. You're going to have children. I better find the first hot-looking guy. I better sleep with anyone I can. Going to have a child. Going to have a baby. What promise has God given you that you're thinking you're just going to run to the store and pick this? And the Lord, all he did was hand you a seat. Just handed you a seat. Just like that. Just hand. Let me tell you this. Here's a revelation. I have it in my theological uh, schematic. I hope you do, do someday. And that is anything God calls you to do, you have the ability to do it already. It's simply in seed form inside of you. Because he has not calling you to do something you cannot do. That would be a foolish God. That would be a God who delights in making you look foolish. Everything God has called you to do, you already have the capacity to do. The question is whether you will plant it and cultivate it. You say, Eric, how long does it take for an, app, uh, an apple seed to produce an apple tree? I'm glad you asked. I did the research in preparation for this morning. 10 years, on average, 10 years. You will not see even the very first apple for 10 years. But a fully mature apple tree will produce between five and 800 apples. Let's take the low end. Let's take 500 apples. How many seeds are in an apple? I'm glad you asked. On average, between five and eight. So you take the low number there, five seeds per apple, 500 apples. Ladies and gentlemen, you have 2,500 trees, not just apples now. What had to happen? You had to be patient. You had to take that word the Lord gave you back in, let's say, the year... Uh, whatever. And you know what a lot of people do? I'll tell you what some people do. Either they forget it, they disregard it, or they eat it. 
They suck the nutrient, the little nutrient that there might be in that seed. Oh, that word that God gave me, or I found it, and he promised me I'm going to go there, I'm going to go do this, and God gave me this word, and, and yes, I'm going to accomplish great things. And you had to wait six months. Boo, boo. He said with a little bit of levity, and perhaps a twins of sarcasm, I'm so sorry, I don't like speaking sarcasm, it's a foreign language. But you understand what I'm saying? What seed has God given you that you've disregarded? Sitting on a shelf at home, you haven't planted it. I'll tell you, here's a great example. It comes, just comes to mind. Oh, I'm gonna go preach to the nations. You are, that's the promise God gave you? Yeah, have you gotten your passport yet? Well, no. Are you waiting with perseverance? Are you running the race with perseverance? Are you persevering? Do you have, do you have active, active waiting, active perseverance? Are you studying? Are you... Are, in, 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 in that moment, when that moment does come, boom, there it is. There's that moment. You know what you have to do in the meantime? Be faithful. I had a professor in school, when he's talking about, talking about you know, what I do, he goes, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to wrangle people in, into, into leadership. You know why? Because leaders pick themselves. You know why? Because cream rises to the top. People that are scrambling for power, people that are scrambling for, for position, am I not right? People that are asking for position and power, I always take a step or two back from them. Because you know what I think they're trying to do? They're trying to produce an apple! Rather than show up, set some chairs up, set some tables up, be faithful, come prayed up, be here for communion, enter into worship, come to the altar, ask, is there anything I can do? And those people all of a sudden go from the prison to the, to the palace. Not because, not because, no, because, listen, it's cream rising to the top. It has no place to go but to the top because being faithful in the small, he will make you ruler over much. Be patient. Be patient. And the reason I really don't want to preach this word is because I have to preach it to myself about every third day. Ask my wife. I don't know how she lives with me. I'm a very unusual person to live with. <laughs> she should get a medal. Do you get it? Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna give you some help on cultivating your patience. Three things quickly. Number one, reject spiritual amnesia. What does that mean? That means he's seen you through before. Hasn't he? He is, it is grace has brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. What does that mean? I've, I've, David said, I've killed a lion and a bear. Let me add him. I know what my God can do through me. He didn't go right to Goliath. Let me just say this about Goliath, because I just got a really good word last week about that. And it could be a sermon, but I'm going to burn it all right here. Here's a whole sermon in 30 seconds. I could have held it back for a sermon, but it's going to be just this beautiful little nugget for you to take right here. Every Goliath was a baby at one time. You can slay that thing when it's a baby or you can wait till it becomes a giant in your life. But regardless of what it is, you're going to have to face your Goliath. I'd rather take it out when it's tender. Don't let it start. Don't let that thing be born in your life that's going to cause you hassle and trouble. Cut it off. That's what, the, that's what Saul should have done to Goliath. Here comes little David. You know, he's killed a lion and bear. He knows the faithfulness of God. And I love it. David says, I'll cut off your head. 
A little 10-year-old boy, 12-year-old, I will cut off your head. And this is what he says. I love it. We don't teach this in Sunday school over there, you know, in children's church. And then he said, I'll cut off. No, he said, I will cut off your head and I will feed you to the birds. And how in the world does little David cut a giant's head off? Except for he just stands on the dude's forehead and his chest and starts hacking with a sword. He didn't go up with laser surgery, cut his head off. No, listen, here's my whole sermon. See, I'm down the bunny trail. I'm coming back now to what we need to talk about. Let me just encourage you to kill your Goliath early. Reject spiritual amnesia. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same as he was today, as he was last week, as he was the day you got born again. That day that your eyes lit up and you saw the world anew and you felt the weight of the world fall off your shoulders. He's the same God today as he was then. What's happened is you've, re, you've reloaded your suitcase with bricks. You're carrying all this junk around. Get rid of it. Just jettison it. Be patient. Number two. Remember 2 Corinthians 7, 14. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So this trouble that you have, that you're waiting for, that list of 37 things that just seem to be piling up, and I want to go kill myself. I want to cash in my chips. I'm done. This world, now listen, this, that in the light of eternity, because that's our culture. I said, that's our culture. We play the long game. Christians play the long game. Put it in your life. If you're in this for the short game, what am I going to get? You don't belong here. You should cash out now. Leave. Just save yourself a lot of heartache. Just leave. Get off the Christian bandwagon. We play the, Christians play the long game. I'm in this for the long game. And any light and momentary affliction, those 37 things, your wife leaves you, your child dies, the heartache, the bankruptcy, the house, the fire, whatever... In comparison, I'm not making light of those things, but in comparison, for the light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal, long game, long game, eternal glory that far outweighs the entire list of 37 things that you're just all worked up about. I'm not saying you shouldn't be worked up about them. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray them. I'm not saying you shouldn't cry out. I mean, goodness gracious, David wrote a whole psalm about, hey, God, what's going on here? So I don't belittle what it is you're going through, but in light of eternity, we're playing the long game here. Be patient. And finally, Romans 8, 28, in all things God works good for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Patience is running with endurance. It's not passivity. Passivity is laziness, and I hate lazy. Do it. Just do it. And you do it, oh, then you do it half-baked. And I ask, when will you have time to, you're going to have to do it again because you didn't do it right the first time. Now you're spending more, any parents in the house? Now you're spending more time doing it the second because you didn't do it right the first time. Actively waiting. Keep going when the going is hard and slow. Keep going when the going seems non-existent. When you don't seem to be going anywhere. Because patience is the fruit of the spirit. Who's our superhero? Jesus. We don't have heroes so much in our society anymore. When I was a kid, we had heroes. Posters on our walls and people we looked up to or so forth. But every one of them 
in light of the fact that social media is everywhere, there's always a camera on somewhere. I'm so thankful there's not a camera of some of the stuff I did. Uh, there weren't cell phones around back in the day. Because we're living on and on and on forever. But Jesus is our superhero. This is what Jesus lived out in front of us. I mean, he wouldn't ask you to have patience if he couldn't have it himself, right? Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. He is patient. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is patient, look at it, with you. Look at it right there in the middle. He is patient with you. Not wanting that any should perish, but everyone should come to repentance. So when you're tempted to lose it, give up, throw in the towel, blow it up, walk away, remember the Lord had patience with you. Aren't you glad? So why can't you have patience with the Lord? I mean, he was patient with you while you were still cussing him up and using his name in vain and sleeping around like some whore. Being drunk and stupid, getting high, and spending all your money on crazy stuff. He was, aren't you glad he was patient with you? And now he's telling you, just sit. You run around like some crazy mutt in the yard, pooping and peeing everywhere, barking at the neighbor, da 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 da, da. All the while, Lord's just standing there saying, he's he gonna come back and he's he gonna sit. We're not doing anything until he sits. You can go run around the mountain again. You can go run around your mountain. You can make everyone think you're a success. You can make everyone think you got your stuff together. You can make, but the Lord's standing there going, no, I told him, I told him. And that's the reason some people don't ever want to get quiet with the Lord in worship. I'd rather praise the Lord, hallelujah, tambourine, jump, shout. But as soon as it gets quiet and intimate, you have to be, you're, you're sitting there with your thoughts and your internal rebellion. Knowing he told you to sit and you're not sitting. Oh man, oh man, pastor, pastor. Yeah, you see, you see. How much longer do I have to wait? I get asked that a lot. Pastor, how long do I have to wait before I see the fulfillment of the, he promised me a child, he promised me a husband, he promised me a job, he promised me, he promised me a ministry. How, pastor, pastor, how long am I gonna have to wait? And I always answer as long as it takes. As long as it takes. Well, I don't like that answer. <laughs> Tough. Tough. Here, go plant it. Tend it. You just don't put it in the yard. No, you put a little fence around it. You go out there and you water it every day. You got too much sun, not enough sun, a little cold. And I'll put the styrofoam cap over it in the winter. And then it starts to grow. And then he comes along and he prunes you. Wow. Ah. You read that in John chapter 15. It's so cool. It says that he prunes those that produce fruit. So if you're producing fruit, guess what's in your future? Pruning. I thought I was going to get easy. Stop waiting for easy. Doesn't get easy. Put the time in. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. Seeing is believing. No, seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. See, our culture is different. Out there, if I see it, I'll believe it. Seeing is believing. If I see it, I, you know, I believe it. That's not how it works in here. 
when it works in the when it works in Christian in Christendom, when it works in the Christian culture, and it should work in your life, is when you believe it, then you see it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, evidence of things not seen. Wait, I'm in a courtroom. I raise my right hand. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, hold truth, and tell God? Yes. Okay, now what evidence do you have that this is going to happen? I believe it. You laugh. Why? Because that's how the world reacts. That's how it works out there. You don't get to tell a judge, I just believe it. But we have a different judge. The king of glory. The Lord, strong and mighty. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. So, yeah, you can get worked up. You can write your psalm like David. You can, you, can, you can have those tantrums. You can. You can. You can have those conversations with God. But then you're going to sit down. See, I told you I didn't want to preach it because I was preaching it to myself. Because I'm not a very patient person. I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing in patience. Growing in patience. Not always been patient. But I am patient now. I have little bitty apples, but they're growing. <laughs> little baby apples. Cheryl wants them to be candy apples, though, don't you? Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope I didn't go too fast for you. I tried to put it all there in a package that we could go home with today. Because that's really the thing, you know. If you just came to get entertained and hear, hear a band and, and, and have your ears tickled, that's really the, the wrong reason to be here. You should say, Lord, I'm a minister. I'm a child of God. The priesthood of the believers, you're all priests, right? So I've come to give my offering, which is my hands lifted up, my voice raised up. You're, you're a priest and you're ministering to the Lord. That We're just facilitating your ministry, right? That's what's happening. And so you're, you're doing the work of the minister here. You're giving tithe and all. You're making your own sacrifice, not bulls and cows, but your dollars and your voice and your lips, the fruit of your lips, giving praise and all that. So uh, here, but then when it comes to the preaching of the word, you say, God, Lord, speak to Pastor Eric, because I love it. Because now this morning, there's 250 different sermons that just got preached. Each of you heard something. You're going to go, man, that, ooh. You know, right between your fifth and sixth rib, the Holy Ghost is stuck a little shiv gave you a little shank a little prison shank right there on the side Meh. you know he shaved the he sharpened the toothbrush whatever he needed in your life found it did you hear what he said did you hear what he said and that's not the wife that's not your wife's elbow hitting you that's the Holy Spirit hitting you and if you don't have one of those every Sunday, you should get out of that church, really. You should just leave. You should just leave out. You should leave that church. Well, I'm going to pray, and we're going to change that church. No, you're not. You're not the head of the church. You're not the pastor of the church. So the fish rot from the head back. So I used to tell people, stay in the church, pray, and believe God again. Now, just get out. Just get out. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. You've got you to go after God. For you and your family, contend for you and your family. Be patient. Be patient. His arm, has, his arm is not shortened. If the Lord has promised you, if the Lord has given you the seed, just tend to it. Just be faithful and tend to it. Well, when, Pastor, when? How long? As long as it takes. Amen? Oh, boy, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because there's things that I'm waiting for in my life. 
right? There's things I'm waiting for in my life, and I have to preach this to myself. Just relax, Eric. You can go force the hand, and then you're going to have an Ishmael on your hand. See, I could go preach a whole other sermon right there. Anybody else have any Ishmaels in their life? Yeah. That's where you tried to force the hand of the Lord. It's not a secret. We all know it, right? We just have to apply it. That's the problem. Why don't you stand up with me? Cheryl, would you come up here with me, please, dear? Thank you. Amen. God, we just thank you. Good things come to those who wait in our obedience. God, and that's what I pray over myself, my husband, my family, my church family, God, just the body of Christ, that we wait upon you, Lord, and we take our time and listen to your voice. One step at a time, Jesus, we'll be obedient to your voice. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify your name. May this week, God, we bring glory with the words of our mouth that we speak, God, and what we think on, what we say, and what we do. May we represent you in a way that makes the world thirsty for you. Make us salty, Lord. And I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.